You're a swimmer, a cyclist, a runner. You're a triathlete. You're a conqueror of the multi-sport mentality. You seek greatness in your everyday life. But as an age grouper, your forte is the physical fitness that you strive for. Endurance is your middle name. You're listening to the Age Grouper for Life podcast, the ultimate source for living the triathlon lifestyle. Colin and Elliot will discuss the most optimal training techniques to get you where you want to be mentally and physically so you're ready to bring it. You can do it. Ready to bring it? Welcoming your host, Peak Triathlon and USAT certified coaches, Colin Cook and Elliot Kawaoka. What's going on, everybody? This is Colin Webb. Hey, guys, it's Elliot. And we have a special guest today. We have Rich Uliana, right? I said it right, Rich? <laughs> Pretty close. A little harder than Uliana. 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 Right, I tried. Yo, there I you tried. go. Now you got it. <laughs> How do you pronounce well, my welcome. last name, Colin? Kawaoka. That's correct. All right. Go on. Pr- please go. proceed. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, uh, yeah, Rich uh, just finished up his first Ironman, Ironman Arizona. But uh, we went back and forth at uh, Sea to Summit. Um, I'll let him uh, declare who who won that battle and who crossed the finish line first, because I don't really want to talk about that part of it. But uh, <laughs> that's that's where uh, Rich and I met and uh, we started talking. And he seemed like uh, a cool guy that's uh, a family man as well. But uh, Rich, why don't you uh, introduce yourself, please? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm from uh, near Allentown, Pennsylvania, which for those of you that don't know, it's uh, just about an hour north of Philly. Uh, 45 years old, started racing triathlon back in 2017. I've got three girls and a very supportive wife that allows me to follow this hobby that's, you know, kind of quickly become a passion and um, did my first full distance race this year. And um met Colin, as he said, at Sea to Summit. Um, you know, we, we went back and forth all day, but I don't know that it was a, a fair fight because I know Colin wasn't really, uh, wasn't quite preparing for that race in the way that I did. That was more of a, an A race for me and, I, you know, um, not so much for Colin. So um, yeah, we'll good. leave it at that. Doesn't matter. Whoever crosses the finish line first wins. So uh, you but got the, I will the say you, you really there. pushed me really pushed me in that race so that was uh it was good for me for sure nice nice well we can talk about elliot and i's back-to-back battles uh if, if elliot wants to get into that what do you say elliot? <laughs> <laughs> uh, well that's cool and so um any kind of athletic background prior to triathlon or anything uh yeah so i grew up um i grew up kind of on the other side of triathlon i was a, i was a ski racer competitive ski racer growing up um, did some stuff in, in high school, ran cross country and track, but nothing really serious. Didn't really pursue that into college and then kind of got into mountain biking after college. And, um, you know, I did that for a good number of years and just kind of got sick of, you know, every time I went into the woods, it sent, it seemed like I was dropping a couple hundred bucks to fix things that were broken. And, <laughs> yeah. and uh, you know, I, I picked up a road bike because I started, you know, I started getting into the into the workforce time was much more at a premium 
and getting out on the road bike just seemed like a great way to, uh, to build my fitness, to mountain bike and, you know, kind of almost went full circle and transitioned to, to road riding and got into professional, um, uh, not professional, but, um, competitive cycling, um, kind of rose through the ranks in USA cycling, got to a, a decent level, um, and competed for about 10 years before started having kids and kind of put competition on, on the back burner. So, you know, definitely have a, a very, um, much stronger cycling background than any of the other sports I've I'd run, you know, here and there on the off season, doing some trail runs, but nothing competitive or serious and swimming. When I started triathlon was completely new to me in, uh, in 2017, I signed up for a race about a month before and, uh, basically taught myself how to swim by watching YouTube videos and, uh, just kind of faking my way through it. Um, but, uh, you know, that was four years ago and, uh, and, you know, never really thought I would sign up to do a full distance until, um, talking to you. Uh, and I think I shared that with you, Colin, um, you know, you kind of, uh, shifted my paradigm a little bit when it came to what I'd have time to do and, uh, and training for a full distance race. So if you to thank for my Ironman Arizona start and finish, uh, yeah, uh, happy to be of service and making making us realize that things are possible sometimes we may so not think they did are. You, so that's, uh, that's did you cool. sign up for Ironman Arizona right after C to Summit, or were you signed up for a while? Because I know a lot no, of the, a lot um, of the people were from like rollovers from the previous year. Yeah, I, I was neither. Um, so I was uh, I had qualified for. Um, for age group worlds, um, in the sprint distance actually in 2019. And we were supposed to go to Edmonton in 2020. We had like a whole family trip plan. We were going to go for like two weeks, drive up to Edmonton and make, you know, kind of a tour of, of, you know, that part of Canada and then come down through the United States. And we were, we were totally excited about it. And then obviously, you know, 2020 happened and nothing happened. So, um, that race got canceled, obviously, uh, it got, it they uh, shifted us to Bermuda and we were supposed to go from Edmonton and then race in Bermuda in 2021 and I think racing C to Summit I think I was still signed up to go to that race and it became more and more clear that that race wasn't going to happen even mm-hmm. though they kept saying it was it was it was up until you know pretty close to the race actually happening, but I I pulled out and decided not to go because of the quarantine rules in Bermuda. Um, you know, if you would have tested positive when you were there, you would have had a quarantine for 14 days. And, uh, you know, I just couldn't, couldn't take that chance of being out of work. Um, the girls weren't supposed to go with us. So my in-laws would have had the kids for another two weeks and, uh, pulled out of that race. And then, um, you know, uh, after talking to Colin, like I said, you know, I, um, I signed up for Arizona and, uh, actually slotted in, um, uh, 70.3 distance in Atlantic city as kind of a build to go and, uh, and to do Arizona. So yeah, that wasn't, wasn't in the plan. Um, you know, I pretty much decided in about late August, early September that I was going to do it. Oh, wow. Yeah. What was your wife's re- uh, initial reaction there when you said you wanted to do an Ironman? So, yeah, that, that's a good, good question. So, you know, after you and I were, were talking and, uh, you know, I started off by, I saw Colin had the M dot tattoo and, and, uh, on his calf 
you know, because he was passing me consistently on the bike and, <laughs> um, saw that. And we got to talking at the finish and I said, you know, I I'd love to do a full distance someday, but I just don't have the time. And, uh, you know, I started to kind of tell him I've got three kids, full-time job and Colin's like, well, you know, I've got four kids and, uh, you know, I've got a full-time job plus a coaching business. And he, he basically said like, you know, if, if you want to do it, you can find the time and the training hours aren't that much more than probably, you know, what you're putting in now, you'll have some longer weekends and, um, you know, the, those will increase for sure. And, uh, you know, the light kind of went off and I'm like, well, Hey, if, you know, if Colin is telling me he's got, you know, probably even more responsibilities than I do outside of triathlon. And, you know, he's been very successful in the sport. Like why, why not try it? And, um, we were still up in, in New Hampshire. We went to breakfast the next day after the sea to summit race. And my wife really wants to go to Hawaii and it's been kind of a bucket list trip for her for a while. So I said, you know, I was talking to Colin and, uh, he's telling me he's been to Kona, you know, I think six times, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think you know, six five. Times, we'll head, head to the six five? at some point here if they ever give us that race the opportunity here. right yeah. right yeah i'm sorry <laughs> to hear about that but um That's you know right. I, I told her that and i said you know what do you think if i would you know try and get a late season race here and and um you know i don't i don't have any expectations that i could qualify in my first crack at this but um you know maybe we start to work towards that and she was she was all in and um you know that was kind of the only thing that I needed to, to see, I talked to my coach shortly after that and talked about training. And I was like, listen, I, I have no more time during the week with work, kids and everything. I said, can we do this? And, um, he's like, I think we can. And, you know, told me a little bit more in detail, what he would prescribe, how we would do it, how we would build and how we would get there. And, and we did it. So yeah, she, I, I could not do this without the support of my wife. I mean, she is, uh, she is the number one cheerleader in this family for all of us. And, uh, she makes it happen. So. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, from what I've seen, obviously I only met her very, very briefly there, but, uh, you know, now being Facebook friends, just seeing like all your events and everything, you know, her and the kids being right there, which is, is really awesome. And, uh, it's, it's a challenge and uh, very commendable to them, especially, uh, I don't know how, uh, she was probably more tired than you were after the race. <laughs> <laughs> she probably uh, was um she had actually done her first marathon uh the week prior so we went from uh her doing her first marathon and then you know four days later we flew out to arizona so she was she's pretty uh she's pretty spent i think by the end of it yeah. all we all we both kind of decompressed that uh that monday morning deservingly so absolutely but uh yeah why don't we actually let's let's take a minute to talk about Arizona here and uh you know just go all over the the details so that Elliot can keep reminding himself about that race because I know he wants <laughs> to keep thinking about it forever I, I'm, no actually I'm interested I'm sure to hear he other people's perspective yeah <laughs> yeah well, my, my perspective's a little bit different um you know I I came into that race with not really having a lot of expectations you know going up to the full distance I've done um you know I'd done three half distances before um, so I, you know, and, and sorry, an real idea. quick, Rich, how did, how did, yeah. uh, how did, um, uh, Atlantic city go, uh, Atlantic city went great. Um, 
I showed up to that race pretty fit. Um, I ended up winning my age group, which I didn't really think I had a chance at, but I think all the fast guys probably weren't there. So that opened the door for me to get in with a, you know, a pretty in, in what I thought was, you know, not, uh, not going to be anywhere in contention, but ended up winning my age group in Atlantic city, um, went pretty deep in that race, had some really bad cramps. I started the run completely cramped up. Um, you know, I just went a little too hard in the, in the heat on the, on the bike and, uh, was just every step of that run was painful, but got through it and, um, you know, had a, a decent enough run to, um, kind of pad the lead that I, I built on the bike. Um, right. so I had some good confidence coming in to, to Arizona too. Um, just, you know, coming off that, that race in Atlantic city, um, and then going, uh, you know, what, two, two and a half months later going into Arizona. Yeah. Awesome. Sorry to side catch you there, but, uh, no, yeah, I'm just curious no, no how worries. that went and I, I'm not surprised to hear it went well. I mean, that is, kind of the beauty too of, of Ironman training is, uh, usually, I mean, certainly depends how you lay out your, your training and so forth, but, uh, usually leads to pretty well, good success in, in half Ironmans when you're, when you're training for an Ironman. Yeah. And it, it was a good, it was, it fit really nicely in the calendar for the build. Um, you know, I, I did some pretty big rides, you know, a few seven hour rides and, uh, I'd never run. Um, I've always kind of had some you know, just kind of nagging injuries on the run, like IT band syndrome for a couple of years, I dealt with that. And, uh, I'd never really been able to build my run over, um, the half marathon. So, you know, after Atlantic city, I started, started the run build really. And, uh, it was the first time I'd ever gone over 13.1 miles and we slowly built up, um, worked it up. I think my long run in the build to Arizona was 22 miles. Um, so it was a complete question mark, how I would respond coming off, you know, the swim and the bike and running that long. Um, but we came up, my coach and I came up with a good plan, you know, just kind of getting through the swim. I'm a, I'm a very average, I would say age group swimmer. I'm not terrible. I'm not great. Uh, it's never going to be a strong suit. I, I don't think, um, and the water was well, cold. You, you, you may want to be be careful with how you word that, depending on the audience here. So you know, you did swim under an hour and eight, which uh, you know I know some people listening would kill for. So I hear you there, but uh, that, that's fair. But okay, <laughs> I'm, well, I'm, I guess I'm still like I, I don't know kind of what if that was good. You know what? You know how how does that stack up? So you know, I'm, trust me, not trying to offend anyone. No, no, of <laughs> course, of course, I know you were. Uh, yeah, and as you, um, you know, you get closer to that Kona slot, those, those minutes there could, could be the difference, you know? So, uh, absolutely. But, yeah, uh, for sure. But I figured I'd bust your chops a little bit there. Yeah, no, no, go right ahead. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the water at Elliot, I think talked about this too. I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I, I didn't know when I signed up for it, that it, the water got that cold, but, um, yeah, it's and like Arizona. Like surprisingly, you just don't think of it. surprisingly, it's been colder in the past. There's one yeah, year when the, yeah, when the water like completely drained out of the lake and like they got it refilled right before the race. And it was like yeah. in the 50s that year. But yeah, they said it was like 63 or 64. And it felt a lot colder than that, in my opinion. Like, yeah. did you get out of the water and your, my feet were pretty much numb? Yeah, I think my feet were numb because I got into transition. I had this big cut on the top of my toe that I haven't even, hadn't even felt. 
Um, so I'm pretty sure I was either adrenaline or just completely numb. And I was like, you know, I kind of lost the dexterity in my fingers, like trying to get, um, strip my wetsuit, um, was just really hard. Um, I didn't really feel it on the swim, but it was the coldest water I'd ever, you know, done swam. And I think, you know, the next coldest was probably in the seventies. Um, but you know, we got there, did a practice swim. It didn't really feel that bad. And, um, you know, by, you know, the first, after the first few hundred meters, I was, I was pretty warmed up. Um, so had, you know, decent swim, um, transition times were just, uh, you know, they were what they were, wasn't, wasn't anything, um, very fast, but just was trying to kind of pace my way through that to make sure I didn't forget anything. And, and, uh, that I was, you know, getting everything set to get out on the bike and, um, got out on the bike and, you know, I'm sure everybody that's done Arizona or has read any of the Facebook posts about it. The, the wind out there was, was pretty brutal. Um, first lap wasn't bad. I don't think it had really kicked up yet. Um, I'd, I'd read, you know, reports that they clocked it at like 22 miles an hour coming down the beeline highway. Um, so, you know, I looked down at my Wahoo a couple of times I was doing like 14 or 15 on the way out. And, um, you know, it's a three loop bike course and, uh, you hit that, that uphill kind of headwind three times. And, uh, man, by the third time, it's just like, please get me out of this. Yeah. How did you um, like, how do you like the loops of the, that bike course? Cause three loops. I mean, you kind of like get it in your head, like, okay, this was my time for the first loop. I mean, it's just feels really monotonous to me. And you just know that headwinds come in every single time you get back on the beeline. So it's, yeah, I mean, really it's, gets it's your hold on, hold on. It gets monotonous says the guy that's done the race. How many times? <laughs> well, Hey, I lived there for like 15 years. Call it. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. So that, that win man, mentally, when you're going up a hill, you know, it's there, you know what you're working against, but that headwind was just, it was kind of demoralizing, but then you hit the turnaround and you look down and you're doing 30, 33, 35 coming back. And it was like, all right, you know, this is much better going this way than had it been reversed and having to run off of that uphill headwind. Um, so I think that really kind of saved me, you know, knowing that it was like, I don't know, like a Elliot, like a 10 to 12 mile stretch on the beeline on that last coming back i mean really like the Um, whole way back felt a lot easier for some reason oh yeah yeah i just felt really weak throughout but like on the way back it just yeah it felt really fast and like i didn't really have to i mean if you weren't really if you were not working going up the beeline you wouldn't have gone anywhere so that's the way i kind of felt you've been stopped yeah um you know and saw a couple crashes you know people just um either not aware and kind of pulling out in front of other, other riders or, you know, just, um, kind of drifting off their line. Um, but I guess that's, you know, you kind of see that just because so many people on that course, there's only so much room to go, but you know, not, not too bad. The road surfaces, you know, they were okay, but not great. Um, and I just hit my wattage targets targets with, um, within, I think all three laps were within one watt of each other. So I was pretty, pretty disciplined about kind of staying. Yeah. (laughs) I looked at it after the race and I was like, wow, and, um, I just nailed my nutrition. I I think that was kind of the key for me throughout the race. Um, you know, I was going through, uh, a gel every 30 minutes, taking in some salt tabs, 
you know, going through a bottle an hour with, uh, electrolytes and, and carbs. And, and, um, I think that was really the key to me getting off the bike and, uh, and feeling good on the run. And, uh, and so I got out. Sorry, on, uh, hold on. Yeah, Rich, sorry. A couple of questions on the bike. So, um, you said you were within one watt of your average. Was that the same for each lap or did you try and pick it up on any laps or what was the strategy there? It was, you know, originally my coach and I talked about, um, trying to come in between, I think 215 and 225. And, um, I just wasn't kind of feeling it and just really wanted to be conservative. I think I ended up right around like 197, 198 and 199 for each of the three laps. Um, yeah, so it was a little bit less than we talked about, but, you know, I figured better to be conservative on the bike than to try and push a bad situation and uh and really cook myself on the run and uh yeah so it was it was a little bit under um but uh that's really impressive to me i mean i think the the first time i mean especially this is your first time through i mean and you're used to just i mean i saw your your bike split at atlantic city was 216 so you're used to riding pretty hard so yeah, for you to it's hold always back. been kind of my bread and butter. So yeah. it was, yeah, my, my coach had lots of talks with me. Um, <laughs> cause he knows, <laughs> he knows, uh, he knows what I want to do and, and how I want to race. And he's like, trust me, like I've been here. You can't, you can't do this. You, you gotta, you gotta race this conservatively, especially on the bike. And, um, you know, I just had his, his voice in my head the whole time. And, um, it was, he was right. <laughs> Yeah. isn't it amazing yeah. how it's amazing to me how different like a 70.3 and iron man is like iron man just feels you have to be a lot more patient and i mean really hold yourself back where 70.3 so so just, much so yeah yeah you can get away with yeah. a lot more i think in a 70.3 and <laughs> yeah. granted i only have an n of one for the iron man distance but um patience pacing and uh nutrition you know for me that was that was my race um, you know, somebody asked me like, you know, how was it? How'd you feel afterwards? And I said, you know, I, I don't want this to come off the wrong way. I said, it wasn't, I've been in harder races, but nothing that's been that hard for that long where you're just, you've got to be so mentally engaged and on for that amount of time. It's, it's, I don't, you know, I, I'd say it's equal parts physically and mentally hard. Yeah. Um, where, like you said, in a 70.3, you can get away with a lot more, but, um, at that distance, yeah, <laughs> there's not a whole <laughs> lot of room for overcooking yourself. Yeah. <laughs> well said for, uh, yeah, your first year. That's, that's again, very impressive. So, and that brought up another uh, question for Elliot. How would you say the wins compared to previous years? Like, would you say it was one of the harder years or, um, yeah, I'm pretty typical. I mean, I just, yeah. I forgot, I mean, not being living in Arizona the past three years kind of forgot about it and like it's just so weird when you're in downtown tempe there's not really any kind of wins and yeah as soon as you hit the beeline it's like wow where, where is this coming from exactly yeah, yeah that's exactly how i felt <laughs> cool. but cool. i think it really favors i mean now that we have power meters and everything it i mean if you stick to your power i mean speed is speed but if you stick to your power numbers i mean that's kind of what i tried to do this time through but i mean i think well yeah i mean i don't know if i know of a better race where you know if you were to try to focus on miles per hour right you, it would yeah. be i mean it could be know, demoralizing i mean what rich right, was exactly. saying like you go you're going up like averaging 14 miles per hour and i mean the 
incline isn't that steep. So you're no. used to just going a lot faster at that kind of incline, but that wind was pretty strong, but I, I would say it's, it was pretty typical with other years. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, think, right, so I think one of the other things on it. the bike was I, I'd spent a lot of time just in training leading up to it in aero on my TT bike outside. And I think that made a huge difference because I didn't yes. feel, you know, I mean, that was the name of the game. I mean, the, if you could stay in aero, especially in that headwind, um, huge difference. So, you know, I really worked yeah. on that and training, just kind of knowing what the, what the course was going to be. Uh, that's a great point. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, cool. I, I kind of felt like you, Colin, when you were training for Florida. I mean, I think all my, most of my miles was inside. And I mean, I tried to be an arrow, but we've talked about this before. Just, yeah. it's, it's just, tough. you're kind of focusing more on power versus sick your positioning. So Arizona was a tough course because you just had, you're an arrow for 99% of the time. Exactly. No, totally. <laughs> No, that was very smarty, Rich. That's that's good. So you, you came off the bike feeling good? Yeah, I came off with, with some good run legs and um, kind of the opposite of the way I felt in Atlantic City. And, you know, again, I'll go back to uh, my coach, Brett. His name is Brett Jenner. He uh, has a business called Good Stuff Coaching down here in Pennsylvania. Um, I like that. Good stuff. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, that's it's kind of his tagline. So that's what we go with. Um you know, he, he really wanted me to stay at nine minute mile pace for the first six miles. Um, you know, and he was, he was pretty adamant about that. I, I, I fudged a little bit. I think I was the first six, I was around eight forty five minute mile pace. And, um, he said after that, you know, you can, if you're feeling good, he said, you know, just slowly kind of work the pace down and, um, you know, go do that for the next six or seven miles. And, and then if you're still feeling good and you want to, you want to keep going, just work it that way. And I, I was just, again, nutrition on the run, every aid station was water over the head, Gatorade, um, down the throat and ice against the kit. Um, just, and I just kept rotating that and about, uh, probably about halfway through, I started with some caffeine with some, with some Coke and some Red Bull just to get a little bit of a boost and some gels here and there. Um, and, uh, ended up feeling really good on the run. Uh, my last 5k was my fastest 5k and, um, yeah, I couldn't, couldn't believe actually how good I felt on the run. I got to 18 miles and I was fully expecting to just hit a wall because that's what everybody talks about 18 to 20 miles of the marathon. You're going to hit a wall and I, it just never did. Um, so I, I just felt, you know, I think this is kind of a unicorn race. I don't ever expect to feel this way <laughs> again <laughs> when racing a full Ironman. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of setting myself up for that, uh, just to know this is, uh, I don't know how repeatable this is, but I, I just felt, you know, just really, really good all the way through. That's so awesome. Yeah. I want to hear a couple more questions just specifically about the run, but I mean, that's really, and what I tell people as you're getting into the Ironman distance, like you can't really can't think about truly kind of racing i mean or i always say you really shouldn't be racing to the last five six miles tops you know really more like 5k if you're really thinking even about that kona spot but you can't really think about racing and, and focusing on getting much faster until you can actually achieve you know completing the distance successfully so like like you said you know by running the last 5k at you know your fastest pace that's really really encouraging and shows i think that you have a lot of potential and that uh 
Kona qualification is is very realistic for you, um, and that is uh, few and far between for sure. Uh, certainly not the way my first Ironman went. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think I was pretty fortunate. Um, well, you're smart. You listen to your coach. No, and exactly. I could tell you, like I've told so many people to start conservatively. I mean, with everything, and of course, I mean, I still mess that up sometimes. I mean, the year I raced Colin and at Ironman Arizona, I tried to ride with him and I just felt horrible on the run because I just biked way too hard. So I think you're really smart and you had a really good experience because, because of that. Yeah. You know, I, and I've, I've only had that experience because, you know, there's been times when I haven't listened to my coach and things have not gone as well. So <laughs> figured this time was a good time to start really, you know, uh, making sure that I followed his instructions to the letter. Totally. And so obviously it sounds like, especially if you had finished so strongly, uh, it band, like body totally managed the distance, no problem. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, my wife and I did a Turkey trout on Thanksgiving, which was four days later. And, you know, I didn't, didn't feel fresh by any means, but I, I got through that and, um, you know, the plane ride home wasn't too bad. Uh, and, uh, not, not too bad. I mean, I, I've definitely, I've, I felt worse after sea to summit after that descent of Mount Washington that we did. That was uh, absolutely you know, just felt like yeah. your quads were just going to explode at the end. Um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't do any folds this year, but that was hands down. I mean, and I didn't even, I, I let you go. I was kind of just, just getting through it uh, on the way down. I didn't want to fall and injure myself, but I was still super sore. And that, that downhill, you know, running, if you want to call it that, uh, is just killer. Yeah, that, that was brutal. I thought my quads might explode on uh, yeah. running down that mountain. But, uh, that's so cool. Um, nice. So uh, we, you are signed up for another one, right? Not yet. I'm kind of debating next year, actually uh, going to talk to my coach about that probably uh, within the next couple of days and sign up for something. We're trying to figure out, you know, vacations for next year. I've got some work travel that I need to kind of schedule around. And, uh, I'm, I'm looking at, um, maybe a, a later season Chattanooga or Wisconsin at this point is uh, what's on my radar. I really wanted to go do, um, Ironman Canada, but I'm just not sure about, you know, how that's going to pan out with everything that's, you know, still going on with international travel and, and all those Especially moving pieces. Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, that, I mean, the one thing I've learned to say is, uh, who, nobody knows when it comes to what's happening with this pandemic here these days. No. So, uh, you sure would hope and like to think that by next summer we're good, but, uh, I, I tried yeah, to I say that so. about two years ago now, you know? <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah, no, I think those are, uh, some, some really good races to, to eye, you know, it's certainly also, uh, a good opportunity where, especially, especially this year or next year, um, for Kona, I mean, there's basically two races going on and there's going to be a lot of people that have already qualified, you know, that won't be racing around that time. So I think that only increases your opportunity of, uh, punching your ticket for 2023 here. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the goal and being strategic about, you know, which races I think I'm, you know, I'm going to need some help to get there. So I need to pick the right races to, to do it. Yeah, totally. And so now looking back on things, did you, 
feel like that held true and like volume wise like i mean you said you did a couple of seven hour rides and things but did you feel like the the training was crazy or it was pretty manageable it was pretty manageable you know i mean it probably not that much more than than my typical training had been up to that point you know i, I took a couple of vacation days here and there when i had some you know, bigger stuff during the week that I need to, needed to schedule around. Um, but nothing crazy. I mean, you know, I think, and I, I really, in hindsight, kind of looking back at, on it to do it that way, you know, to focus more on a half season build and then start the Ironman training two months, three months before, um, uh, makes it a lot more attainable. And, you know, in my mind made it a lot easier rather than trying to do those huge rides and runs and that big volume, for the bulk of the season, it, it really kind of feathered in nicely to the end of, of my season and my prep for our Arizona. Totally. Yeah. I think that that's the mistake that a lot of people make is, you know, let's say they're signed up for a, a Chattanooga or an Arizona, you know, and they're thinking about an Ironman, let's say for, for next year, you know, almost a, a year out and they're thinking they have to get all this crazy volume in. And you really don't, you know, and no. uh, most, most cases you're just asking for increasing the, the possibility of injury or burnout for sure. Um, you know, and there's really a lot more risk than, re than reward when you start going too high with that volume too soon. I think you're spot on. You know, um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's good. Um, where else was going to go with that? Um, as far as like, so how much, and I'm curious about your, your cycling racing and stuff like that. So was that like uh, a lot of like straight up road, like large pack riding, like do you do any crits? Like what, what kind of riding were you focused on? Yeah. So, you know, domestic racing, especially the category racing, it's mostly crits. Um, so yeah, big packs, fast speeds, and uh, just, you know, gotten to the point where I was, pushing you know 35 40 and uh you know you hit if you race long enough you're going to hit the deck eventually and um i just uh just didn't want that anymore and uh yeah it's it's it i'd like to say it's a young man's game but i still have plenty of friends that do it uh, it just wasn't for me anymore um you know and i i like i said i had kind of gotten out of it um, when my kids were born and they were young and, uh, but it always kind of kept in touch. And then, um, what actually got me kind of back into competition, um, I lost both my parents in 2017 to cancer, like within six months of each other. Oh, wow. Um, Sorry to hear that. yeah. Please. Yeah. So I lost my mom in March and then, uh, my dad had a separate, he had pancreatic cancer. And, uh, he passed away in September and I signed up for my first triathlon, I think like in July was the first one. And it was just, you know, it was just a way to kind of, I wasn't really racing wasn't doing any cycling racing anymore. It was just, um, just kind of exercising and kind of keeping in touch. But I was like, I, I just needed something. I needed something mentally to, um, to kind of deal with that. And, uh, I was like, well, let me, let me sign up for a triathlon and, and give that a shot. And, uh, I'll tell you, you know, the sport, it really, um, it, it changed my life in a lot of ways. Um, but it really, you know, I'll always kind of reflect back on it, you know, it, especially, you know, racing out in Arizona, reflecting back, you know, I, I just, 
the whole, the whole race, you know, at times just thinking of my mom and dad and just, um, how this sport helped me kind of get through that time in my life. That's cool. Yeah. That's a great way to, uh, mourn and, and make the best of it and, uh, live life. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's really cool. needed when you're racing the full distance because a lot of things are going in your head and, I mean, I'm sure you experienced some highs and lows and I mean, you need something to really just, I mean, motivate you throughout the, throughout the day. And I think a lot, a, of, a lot of times, like I was, I mean, I've done 15 of these and there's some, some races I really just didn't really have that, that thing that really made me want to hurt. And I think that's, that's really important. And I think that's what really drives people. Yeah. When you, when you have that and you can dig deep and like you said, it's a lot of time out there. Um, so drawing on them, you know, thinking about my kids, thinking about my, my wife and just, you know, um, <laughs> you know, 10 plus hours, a lot of time to think. So, <laughs> yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. No. Yeah. I think drawing off the family can be really beneficial. You know, when you get in the, you got to recognize right there making sacrifices too. And so, you know, it can really help you to, to keep pushing and, uh, you know, that much more motivation to get off the course sooner so you can hang out with them, you know? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, my uncle and aunt actually came out from Havasu. So they were, they were at the, at the finish line and uh, they were cheering too. So it was, it was great to have them. I had a couple teammates out with me, um, you know, and, and just having kind of that core group of people there just made it, made it a lot more, uh, took my mind off things, took a lot of the anxiety away. Right, right. And yeah, so we actually didn't really talk about the numbers here too much, or I busted your chops on your swim time, but uh, so just <laughs> under a, a 510 bike split and then a 340 marathon. Uh, not too shabby. You know, and you finished in the daylight, 10, right? 10, 12. I did. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's I impressive. And I think one of the highlights was, uh, you know, Mike Riley's 200th call of, uh, of a race. You know, it was, it was nice to have that as kind of the uh the cherry on top too oh nice is that really i would actually have expected him to have done more by now i mean not yeah, that that's that not was, a lot uh, but i believe that was kidding. his 200th race and oh, uh cool. yeah so that was that was great finish yeah did finish in the daylight that was nice and yeah i was i was really happy with all of those numbers um you know i think i have a little bit more potential on especially on the bike mm -hmm. um and, you know, looking forward, uh, the focus is definitely going to be a run focus now that, you know, I've been above that mileage and, and can, you know, be a little bit more healthy in terms of actually training for the run. Right. All right. Yeah. That was going to be my next question is so 108 swim, 510 bike, 340 run. I mean, you, it seems like you treated that whole race pretty conservatively and really didn't take a lot of risks with it, which is amazing to me and a good thing, but where would you say you would take a risk if you needed to? I mean, especially if you're kind of aiming for Hawaii and need to be second, third, fourth place or first, I mean, yeah. What, <laughs> I mean, what, um, what discipline would you more likely take a risk in? Probably the run. Um, you know, I think, I think we, we kind of pace that pretty conservatively. Um, you know, just some of my times in training, I, I know I've got more in me. Um, you know, Brett's message to me though, was listen, 
your first time at this distance, you can't trust yourself. You can't trust how you're feeling at any given time, good or bad. So this is what we're going to do. And this is how you're going to run it. And, um, but I think there's, there's definitely more potential there. I don't know how much, how much harder I would have pushed on the bike. Um, you know, even in hindsight, um, I could have pushed more, but I, I, I don't know at this point in my career that I can run as fast as I want to run by pushing more on the bike. Yeah. Well, it's smart. I mean, you, you are a strong cyclist and you kind of use that as your strength, but you, at the same time, like, you know, to dial it back. So you know how to run. Absolutely. So that's, it's a really, and that smart... gets super hard because you yeah. know, you, you, you like just that part of you that you've got to check your ego, you know, and you get past and, you know, that was, I think for me, especially when I first started racing, um, that was hard for me, you know, just, because oh, I think you that's, just want to chase that's them the down. hardest part about Ironman. <laughs> yeah. And especially like you get out of the water, you're like, I feel amazing. And it's amazing to me that you held back on that first, on that first loop of the bike, especially. It is impressive. Yeah, the, I, those bike numbers are what, through, uh, you know, are most uh, significant or, or surprising to me is how well you, you managed to stay uh, consistent there. That's super impressive. Yeah, I, I, I was surprised at myself when I looked at those numbers after the race. Um, I, I knew I was, you know, holding it pretty well, but I, I didn't, I didn't know I'd, I'd hit it, you know, kind of right on. Um, so I was, yeah, I was, I was really happy with that. I've got no complaints. Yeah, that's cool. And what did uh, what did your training look like? Like how how many times a week do you typically uh, swim? Yeah, my coach is big on swimming, so we're I'm in the pool um, usually five days a week. Oh yeah, wow! Our okay. Big sets up to six k probably. Um, so we spend a lot of time in the pool, um, and I've I've felt you know I felt that translation on the bike and, and on the run, not necessarily in muscle fitness, but definitely in aerobic fitness. Yeah. Um, you know, I can, I can run a pretty low and my heart rate runs pretty low to begin with, but you know, just kind of seeing where I sit in zone two, I think swimming has, has been a big part of that. So he's a big believer in swimming. Um, you know, and we do a lot of it. Oh, that's good. You that's see Colin good. swimming is important. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm I, never going to disagree. I've become with that. a believer. <laughs> I've become a believer. It's taken a while, whether, but uh, whether yeah. the implementation of my own swimming, you know, is is a different story here, Elliot. All right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, Colin, uh, I, I kind of want to hear about that. So, um, so you have the endless pool. So, um, I think what Elliot's getting at is what's uh, where's where's uh, the lack of swim time come in for you? That's a, a very good question. It's, uh, I'm just giving him I, crap because I, I it's the only discipline I, no I could beat him in. I got you. <laughs> it's coming. It's coming. 2022 is my year. All right. There you go. I, I do have a 100 by 100 swim here coming up on January 2nd. So it's time oh. to, uh, to get going here. Have fun with that. <laughs> that sounds pretty brutal. It's good. It's actually a meter pool too. So it's a basically 11,000 yards, but, uh, oh, good on uh, you, man. That's, that's no joke. Yeah. It'll be fun. You know, we do it, uh, every year with my club and, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. So, um, we, we should have a good time with it. But, uh, so if you're, if you're swimming four to five times a week, uh, how often do you bike? Uh, usually four, um, four, three to four rides a week. And then, um, 
you know, anywhere from two to four runs a week, just depending on where we're at in the cycle. We've tried to kind of increase my run frequency, even with some, you know, just shorter runs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I spent a lot of time on the bike too. Yeah. And mostly inside or outside for biking and running. Uh, my coach would definitely like me inside more. I pretty much refuse to do it, especially in the summertime. Um, you know, I'll, I'll go inside in the winter when, you know, we're Pennsylvania winters are, are not great to ride outside. And, um, nope. I just, you know, my, my argument to him is, listen, I know I can get in a more efficient workout on the trainer, but you know, this is fun. This is supposed to be fun. I love riding my bike outside. And if I've got to sacrifice a little bit in terms of what I'm gaining from performance, then, Hey, this is, this is what we're going to do. Cause I just, I love to be on my bike outside. Um, and, uh, and running too. I mean, I can count on one hand, the amount of times I've been on a treadmill in the last year. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. I do. You know, there's, yes, there is the value and, uh, somebody that does do a lot of indoor riding, but, uh, when you get outside, get outside, you know, and, uh, it's, there's so many benefits to it. Uh, so that's good on you. And so obviously I know you mentioned that you spent a lot of time on your TT bike. Did you, do you take your road bike out a lot or, um, where do you kind of feel like your ratio of, of TT to road bike, uh, rides are, you know, from now, you know, till spring, I'll be on the road bike exclusively. I won't touch the TT yeah. bike. Um, and yeah. even, you know, even on some of my longer, like those longer rides, um, I would have two, two big loops that I would do. So I go out for like three hours on my road bike, and then I would switch halfway through fuel up, grab some bottles and uh, switch out to my TT bike. And that was good because, you know, you're a little bit more fatigued then you're not spending the whole time in that position, but you know, I kind of worked myself up to three or four hours in that position. Um, and just kind of off and on, but you know, it probably got to be about 60, 40, uh, TT bike to road bike in the, in the last two months of the build. Yeah. Very cool. Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, especially given your cycling background, I figured the road bike had to be involved somewhere in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, it's, it's hard to get me off that thing. I love, love my road bike, love being on it, love the speed and just, it's just so much fun to ride and just be out there. So. Totally. That's awesome. Very cool. Well, congratulations on an awesome race. Uh, yeah, I, I will definitely say, uh, feel honored that, uh, I was helped, uh, you know, part of that inspiration to make it happen. Cause that's, uh, what it's all about to me. So that's, uh, that's super, super cool. But, um, anything else we missed or, uh, you'd like to uh, throw out there? Um, no, I don't think so. I think we, we pretty much hit on everything and, uh, just looking forward to some downtime here, just, you know, doing some mountain bike rides and getting out on, on the ski hill for a little bit. I understand Elliot's uh, a skier too. Did, did I hear you say you're, yeah, you're so, uh, ski patrolling this year? Yeah. This upcoming weekend's my first, my first time out. So hopefully they get more snow. We haven't got much snow yet, but a lot of rain. Yeah, we've been, we've been pretty dry here too. Yeah. So have fun with that. Yeah. Uh, I, I was a volunteer patroller for uh, about five years. Nice. And, uh, it's it's a, it's a great experience. So I think yeah. you'll have fun with it. And it gets my whole family season passes. So hopefully they come up with me. I love the perks. Yeah. I love the perks. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. That is great. Yeah, totally. We, you know, feel bad for the mountain and the mayhem that Elliot's going to allow on there, but that's a different topic. 
Nice. Oh, what? All right. Cool. Well, Rich, we appreciate you being on here. Congrats again. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing your development here. And uh, hopefully the three of us will, uh, let's, let's say, well, hopefully we'll meet before then, but uh, we'll see each other on the big island in 2023. How's that? Man, that would be, that would be a dream come true. So um, thank you guys. And, and thanks for, you know, all your help along the way, Colin, especially. Um, I got to Arizona because of the conversation we had. So appreciate that. Absolutely. Good deal. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks guys.